0: Hey guys, welcome to the Video Edge podcast. This is a brand new revamped format for what was originally the Video Production Academy podcast. My guest today is Jordan Aspen of Civilized Animal Productions. Now, she's been trading for less than three years and she's already part of a team, which is amazing. In a year's time, she wants to be on track to hit a million dollars in revenue for 2024. Now, I like that as a goal. Her daily tasks include project management for both the business and her clients, especially surrounding events, which are both virtual and in-person as well. So I'm Lee Midlane and this is The Video Edge, a podcast designed to help you grow your business by overcoming the barriers you face when creating video content. We're brought to you by Shoot for the Moon. If you're serious about overcoming the video content creation challenges that you and many other business owners and entrepreneurs face, then you're in the right place. Every episode, we spotlight content creation challenges so that you can grow your business by this conversation. If you're new to the show, basically, I get to talk to an entrepreneur. They've got a challenge and we talk about it for half an hour. That challenge is always around video content creation and video marketing. And I go through what I would do to overcome these challenges. So if you do love the show, please just give us a little review and subscribe because that really does help more than you know. Before we meet today's guest, I just want to let you know that we have courses available in the Video Production Academy. They are low ticket, but packed full of value. The on-demand videos are bite-sized and accompanied by workbooks, cheat sheets, and all manner of goodies to help you on your video content creation journey. You can check them out on the website, videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Wherever you are in the world, as long as you have an internet connection, you can learn from the comfort of your own home, using the courses, or better still, the Shoot for the Moon membership. This is a training platform that we've created to help entrepreneurs just like you grow your business. So here's pre-recorded lead to tell you all about it. Hey guys, we're going back to the podcast in just a moment, but I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Shoot for the Moon. What is it? Well, it's all about having me as your coach without thousands of pounds worth of press tag. You can have me and others teach and coach you in your business every single week. Videos on demand, strategies and tactics, cheat sheets of proven stuff that I know will positively impact your business. Sounds fantastic? Well, it is when you hear the price. It will cost you £47 a month. That's less than a pair of Nikes to empower your voice and perfect your presence. And I want you to try it for free because I know it works. Tried, tested and proven. Here's what you can do. There's a link to it in the show notes and I guarantee you can impact your business positively in those two weeks as long as you're ready to get out of your comfort zone. Now let's go back to the podcast. So let's give a wonderful warm welcome to my guest today. Jordan has three challenges that she faces that we're going to take a look at today. The first is around the amount of time it takes to edit videos. Second is having a strategy that goes beyond post more video. Oh, girl, I hear you on that one. And third, knowing the balance between posting what she feels like and posting what she thinks will further the business. So let's welcome Jordan to the show. Hi, Jordan. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about making this this happen, this interview happened.
0: Oh, me too, because we had a little chat before we started to record. And you are my very first guest for this new format which is, is really, really super exciting. I get to set the bar. Yes, you do. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> what I would love for you to do is introduce yourself and your business
1: in 60 seconds or less. All right. My name is Jordan Aspen. My husband, Paul, and I run this business, Civilized Animal Productions, together. Um, we have some contractor team members that we bring in when we have bigger projects. But mostly, it's me and my husband running this business. and we have for the past few years, we've really been focusing on events as the big projects that we help our clients and our students to tackle. But in reality, our project system, this methodology that we use, we can apply it to just about anything. I've been testing it on seamstresses, on book writers, on podcast creators, and it it really works for everyone. In fact, we're kind of bringing it into our home life as well. My husband and I have three kids, and they're very young. And just managing projects in the home even is a big thing. And these eight phases that are a part of our methodology really apply no matter what project you're tackling. So we said that
0: you've got three challenges: mm-hmm. how much time it takes to edit videos, the strategy that goes beyond post more video because, of course, that's what we're told. Video content is ting, post more of it. And then there's the knowing the balance between posting what you feel like and posting what furthers your business. So I guess the first question is, what is it that you've tried before?
1: Hmm. I have been all over the place with video. My primary focus up to this point is simply becoming comfortable on video. I used to be a public speaker on stages, and so I have a fair bit of public speaking training. But then I had health challenges that, I mean, I almost died. I was both mental and physically had had these struggles. And so getting back on the horse and getting back in front of an audience was completely nerve wracking. I knew all the things, but I didn't have the practice. And especially with some of the mental health struggles and anxiety, that that didn't help me get back on the horse, get back on the stage, on the screen. And so my focus has been simply make video get more comfortable speaking again, get more comfortable with my face in front of people again, and just put something out there. And now that I've kind of crossed that line of being more comfortable on video, I'm ready to look at what I'm actually doing, what's working, what's not. What even defines what's working is, is one of my struggles because, you know, the, the pictures with my cute little five-year-old's voice in the background, those reels, Those go a little bit more viral than the ones about my business. But the ones about my business are the ones bringing in business. (laughs) What do I do? Yep, I can understand that one. It's
0: really interesting that you're saying that you've overcome that barrier of being comfortable on camera. Because what we tend to find is there's three major hurdles that people have. That being on camera is always the biggie. You have to get over that one first. But then the other two is an assumption around you have to be really technical and that you need a big budget to be able to create video, neither of which is is true. What is it that you're looking to achieve?
1: Well, I want my video content to be pushing to my business, generating leads, really. I want to use videos as a lead generation tactic, I suppose. And I would really like to lean into the evergreen type of video That's based around SEO using YouTube as a search engine versus the viral reels sort of concept on Facebook and Instagram where, you know, maybe one pops up and if it if it works really well, it works really well for a little while. But unless you put ad money behind it, it kind of then just fades away. I don't want to go that direction. I want to go the more the more YouTube route versus Instagram reels or TikTok route. I think that's
0: a really wise decision because I think that the cool thing is the reels. The cool thing is the short form content, but of course that's social media and you're absolutely right. YouTube is a search engine. So what you can do is produce full content on YouTube and then link back to it. So I tend to kind of work in reverse a little bit. I look at YouTube and say, okay, what is it that I want to produce? What do people want to see? What do people need to hear? And I produce that as a whole video And then I repurpose that by taking elements out and that becomes my short form content. And then everything links back to YouTube because all points should go back to YouTube in some respect. Although all points should go back to your website in reality because the social media platform could disappear tomorrow. They could switch your profile off tomorrow and you don't own that. And in some ways, YouTube is the same, although I think it's much more stable and your content is around and it's promoted for years. You know, you can be three, four, five years into it and a video that you did way back when suddenly pops up because there's a, a particular keyword or there's an SEO element that, that catches at that stage. And then you can get a resurgence with a video or you can even have a video that really didn't do very much when you brought it out, then does a huge amount four years down the line. So it's definitely a wise thing to concentrate on YouTube and then I think
1: work backwards from it. Why now? Mm, That's a good question. Part of it is really crossing that line of realizing I've accomplished my goal of getting comfortable on video again. And so I need to level up. I'm a little too comfortable, maybe. It's not that big of a deal to go live on Facebook and just say something. It's not that big of a deal to even get on a podcast like this. If it's a video or audio podcast, I can talk. I can talk about all kinds of things. And so realizing that I'm a little too comfortable and I know there's a huge amount of space to grow into. So why not push through now? I think that's a great answer. And
0: I wish more of my clients and my students will like that because <laughs> I have to sort of drag them poke them out of the comfort zone, there's not many people that seem to be willing to run out of the comfort zone at the speed that you're doing. So that's fantastic. I applaud you for that wholeheartedly. Thank you. let's go back to the challenges. So are you editing your own videos at this stage?
1: So my husband is the video editor for us. He was actually trained in a methodology from a company that all they did was take Hour-long or multi-hour long content like a a core, core pieces of content like a podcast. And then they identified the solid takeaways to create those shorts, short videos for social and and just to be able to use across all platforms. So he got trained in the different layers of video, but not just from the video editing and like video production side of things, but actual Editing of the stories, finding those clips that are actually going to be powerful on social. The clients didn't have to find those clips themselves. The the group that he was working for would find those and identify those. And so he's really solid on doing that sort of a thing, but it takes time. Hmm. And so prioritizing that time and knowing how many videos are really worth it to put out there. You know, do we actually need daily videos? If so, then we'll totally take the time to do it. But really gauging mm, what's worth our time. I don't really know how to answer that question right now.
0: It's an incredible asset, the training that you've had. That is just wonderful. I think a lot of times when it's, it's editing, there's a couple of things that it comes down to. The software that you're using, what I tend to find is people go for a piece of software that is probably way beyond what they need. So I'm an advocate of using a piece of software called the script. And my background's in video editing. That's what I did. That's what I started out doing over 30 years ago. That was when it was analog. We were working with tapes. And so it's much quicker now than it was then. It used to be around three hours to one minute of broadcast time. Three hours work equals one, one minute. And so it's much quicker now. So it's about getting the right piece of software to do the job. The other element of it, I think, is overcoming perfectionism because you can carry on polishing and polishing and polishing and polishing and polishing. And the reality is in today's world, super polished actually doesn't capture people's imagination. The things that look a bit more rough and ready, the things that look like you've just dropped it on your phone and actually not really bothered. They're the things that people are watching. So it's getting over those two elements, I think, would then bring your editing time right down. The other thing that you mentioned there was how many videos you need to put out in a week. And that one, that one is a difficult question to answer because I think it depends on who you are, what you do, what your audience is, and what works for you. And one of my really big bugbears is the business online business coaches, coaches saying, do this, it will work. Because look at all these people it's worked for. And nine times out of 10, you'll get a few people that it's worked for. But the majority of people need elements of lots of different coaching and lots of different things for it to work for them. So there's an element of trial and error of data and analytics to go, okay, let's put it out there and see what goes. So the first instance is maybe check on what software you're using to simplify it down to something then that isn't going to be so time consuming, easier for rendering out. So when you finished editing a video and you tell it you want to render or export, depending on the software you're using, that can be a five minute job or it can be a five hour job. And if your laptop is anything like mine, it sits there in a little huff until it's finished doing the export and you can't ask it to do anything else which of course creates a bottleneck in your working day because your machine's tied up. So then the other part of that, I think, is like workflow. So I know if I need to render out a video, I'll either do it just before I'm going on a lunch break or I'll do it in an evening when I'm just about to go and do something else. So it doesn't matter that I've tied the machine up. Looking at strategy, to say something that goes beyond posting more video, I think we go back to the YouTube because you want YouTube to be your core. So at the moment, how are you deciding what video content to create the YouTube?
1: Well, quite frankly, we have basically nothing up on YouTube right now. So we've been doing some little reels here and there. We've been restructuring our messaging and using social media as a test. Because one thing about social media being fast is it does give you that feedback very rapidly. And so we've Gotten the feedback, we've seen what's resonating, and so now we're ready to kind of double down on longer form content, both on video and written content on our blog and and things like that. So we're ready. We're really ready to jump in, but we don't have any data or analytics from YouTube. We don't know what's working already because we're we're really not there. Yeah, no, Um, I'm That what I can add to that is that we have a membership, and. In this summership, we do co-working sessions. And so we all show up, we state what project we're going to be working on, and then we set a timer for 20 minutes work and then repeat, check in, help people get unstuck, celebrate with those who have accomplished their goals and repeat that a couple of times. Now, what we're going to be doing from here on out is at the beginning of that co-working session, I'm going to teach up to 15 minutes of part of our methodology and flesh it out and apply it to some of the, you know, whatever the members are working on right now, I can use those as direct examples. And so we're going to be creating that content within our membership. And I think that that would make a really simple thing to take straight over to YouTube. It'll be less than 15 minutes long and we'll have at least three of those a week, most weeks.
0: I think you probably have it solved. I think you've solved your own problem. But There's a couple of things with that. I think the co-working sessions are excellent because one of the things you can do is listen to what your people are saying, what language are they using, what problems are they saying they're having. And then that gives you the foundation to say, okay, these are the problems that I can address through content. Now, what I recommend with content creation is it's great to give stuff away. It's brilliant to do it for free because it's how you position as an authority. And I know sometimes people worry about giving too much away. And one of the things I was taught is give away the why with a little bit of the how. Or the why and the what with a little bit of the how, but not too much of the how. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you can definitely do. The other thing that you can do is have a look at the problems that you're trying to solve. The different issues that your clients are having. And then see if you can get 13 of them. 13 different issues. And then look at each one of those issues and see if you can work out four different ways that you could solve that. And what that does, if you can create a piece of content around each of those, that gives you a piece of content per week for a year. So it's a, fo- a four way solution to it. So 13 by four gives you the 52. Very clever. And create core content that you can record in advance. The secret to a lot of the production is doing it in batches because in the same way as it takes you the same amount of time, cook 10 meals as it does five, it can take you roughly the same amount of time to record two videos as it does one. Maybe, you know, it's a little bit longer, but you don't have the setup and pack down time. So if you can create time where you can really get through several videos in one go, and you actually set that time to one side, You'll find that your productivity is much more efficient. And the same then goes with the editing elements as well. I think with your husband's skill set, taking the big content and then lifting out those little bits will give you more content than you need. Mm -hmm. And then working around the problems that your client faces positions you as an authority and gives you the content that you need as well.
1: Does that help? Yeah. Yes, this this is really clicking together. Yes,
0: And then your third challenge, I love this, knowing the balance between posting what you feel like and posting what you think will further the business. I am a very strong advocate of the like, know and trust for people getting to know us. If you are working in a retail environment, you have that opportunity to meet the person face-to-face. It's three-dimensional. You end up having conversations within that that maybe you wouldn't have online because somebody will ask how your children are doing or how the dog is or how business is or what the weather's like. And so you'll get a different type of conversation because it's in person. And we lose a lot of that because we're doing it online. And I think there is nothing wrong with including those elements to show you are a whole person. You're a wife. You're a mum. You know, there's lots of things you do. You mentioned knitting, I think it, which I think is great. There is a risk. If you start doing knitting, people are going to go, oh, show me more of the knitting. And right. you'll find a <laughs> different revenue going off on that one. But I think people like to see that you're a whole person. So I have two businesses. The Video Production Academy is one, and I have a computer repair shop called IT Central. And we put out posts. Some of the posts we put out are these super fourth-figure, really expensive gaming computers that are all different coloured lights and, you know, they're all whistles and bells and people go, yeah, that's great. I put a post out with one of the staff members with the, we have this really embarrassing happy birthday badge that I take photographs of them with. We put out the happy birthday badge with somebody. That will get far more views and likes than the super-duper bill. When we say we've won an award, we get far more likes than a super do for build so it's about showing the different elements and showing some of the behind the scenes as well as showing you know the professional side of it as well so i've shared posts of me cooking i have shared posts of the dogs i've shared posts with kids so you know definitely with the knitting and things like that because it's about creating points of connection if i turn around and say i'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur based in northeast scotland My kids have got additional learning needs. They're on the spectrum, ADHD, visual impairments. There's several things within that that people can connect to. The one that I get most often is my family's from Scotland. It doesn't matter who you speak to anywhere in the world. There's this connection back with Scotland. So people will go with that or they'll say, actually, one of my children has Asperger's or my nephew has Asperger's or there's something in there that people will link with. And so showing the whole you and showing some of your family life will connect with people on a whole different level. If you just did slick and shiny, there's nothing to connect to. And showing not everything, because, you know, life is private as well. But showing elements of that, I think, really opens up opportunities for your customers to like, know and trust who you are because they get to know more of Jordan and more of Jordan's kids and, you know, what family life is like. Don't be afraid to share in it. Just don't make it the whole thing.
1: So one of the boundaries that we have is that we don't show our kids' faces online. We share little bits of them, but not their faces. And so my actually, the video that I have that has the most views, it's upwards of 12,000 somewhere in there. 12,000 views on this reel is of me curling and styling my five-year-old's hair when she was a flower girl. And so I initially just posted it up. I mean, I literally posted it up because my mom was asking for, for more because cause she's out of town and, and wasn't at this wedding. And so if my mom wanted it. So I'm like, okay, I'll just post this. It's really cute. And it just went viral for me. And so I was looking at that going, Yes, the audio that I put with it is just a sweet song, but it does have to do with my business. So I took it and reposted it on Facebook. So this was on Instagram and I reposted it on Facebook with an audio that I narrated and said, this is why I'm an entrepreneur, because I get to curl my daughter's hair. It's basically the point of this whole audio. And, And it tried to inspire people to think about their dreams and put a visual with it like this. And so that worked really well for me to be inspired, to think, how can I match these two things together? But I don't always have the time or the brain power to do that. So, you know, I guess it's a little of both.
0: I think the reason it works is because it's something that happened, not something that you set up. Yeah. So it's looking at those things in the week that you can connect that with and maybe just look for one thing in a week. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a Sunday afternoon walk maybe I'm not sure where you're based, it could be a visit to the beach, it could be a walk in the woods. It can, you know, there's lots of different things. Could actually be going shopping. It could be battling <laughs> the supermarket aisles. My my children are I said children, 26, 25 and 14. I don't, you know, battling supermarkets is not like it used to be. They can help now. Yeah. Uh, my two eldest are only 12 months apart. <laughs> so going shopping with two little people was a challenge was a real challenge and then when I had my youngest which was 12 years later I actually didn't go shopping with him until he was probably about six seven years old because his ADHD was so off the scale I kind of needed to put a leash on him to be able to pull him down because he was like a helium balloon floating off so highlighting some of the things like that can be like I said as rough and ready as you like It's you know you can Whip it out and it be out there within an hour but it's just it's raw and it's real and it's life but don't set something up if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen (laughs) celebrate the birthday they're really easy to celebrate and people will celebrate along with you and celebrate the milestones as well for help
1: yeah that's a really good tip especially the milestones and (laughs) bringing up like the big birthday button or
0: yes Tradition. It's really big. The one we have is huge. And and each member of staff ends up with it. And I had, my, my birthday was last month. And so I had the badge for me. And it was a significant birthday. It was one of the, those ones that's got a zero on the end. And so I did a thing where I had my my cards and it was me behind my cards with the badge on. And it was the best response that we've got and sort of out of the year. The other thing that had a really good response this year was one of my colleagues was doing a repair on a particular games controller, and it was a complicated one. And the response we got off that was huge because people went, oh, I didn't know you did that. Oh, can I bring this to you? So sometimes it's highlighting the things that seem everyday to us that is like out of left field to somebody else. That's why the conversations with the people doing the co-working are vital. Because it's things that, like I say, you see, you see as being really every day. And they say, and you're like, oh, actually, there's an issue here. And sometimes it's because we don't give things enough trying to be
1: entry level. Yes.
0: And we try and jump into high because our knowledge level, while our knowledge level is probably way up high, mm-hmm. our expectation is the people we're working with are in the middle But actually, some of the time, they're really at the bottom and need that very first step to get going. So it's great to be able to to do things at different points, to be able to give different parts of information out. Now, for some people, they only want to work with like multi-high ticket offers. I was Mm -hmm. talking to a coach recently, and she only works with people that do four-figure and above offers. So there's no point in me working with her because I'm not at that stage. Mm-hmm. I work more with entry-level people, and that's fine because everybody's going to start somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's really helpful to think through as well. Yes, just processing all of the, the wonderful things that you've given me here.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Well, it's over to you now because you have five questions that you get to
1: ask me. No pressure on my side now. <laughs> well, we've kind of covered some of them. So some of the things that I've had on my mind, we've already covered in, in some of our discussion. One thing that I'm still thinking about is what are a couple of things to keep in mind when I'm writing a title and caption for my videos? So on social media, that's going to be like the written out caption, whereas on YouTube, that's going to be the title and the description. What are a couple of things to keep in mind? Have a look around and see what other people have
0: posted and what's worked and do something similar. It's not plagiarism and it wouldn't matter if it was. We're not a school anymore. It's fine. It but so if you have a look at what works, then then that's a, a really good thing. There are tools like keywords everywhere. It's a good mm-hmm. one. So what that will do is it will have a look at keywords around your niche. There's websites like answer the public. It's either ask the public or answer the public. I can't remember which one it is, but it looks at what the public are asking about particular questions. So then that can give you an idea in as well. Keep it simple. Keep it in language that everybody's going to understand because we all have our own professional language where we can talk about things that are going to lose the the beginners. So always use language that the beginners are going to be okay with, but just keep it really, really simple, but have a look at what works for other people. So say for example you were doing some work around podcasting. And so you could actually go onto YouTube and actually ask a question or put in something about podcasting, and you can actually look at how much people, how many views people have got. So it could be, for example, top 10 podcasting tips for 2023 has got hundred thousand views. You go, actually that works. It's a how to, and, and that works. So that's fine. And then something near the bottom is, you know, podcast traditions across the millennia. And it's got like two views. It's really difficult when you're trying to think something up off the cuff like that because they're always really lame. So you can see that actually that didn't work, but the one at the top did. So you start to get to see what works. The difficulty is it changes over time. So you always need to do your research. The good thing with YouTube is you can put something out there and after a month, it's not doing anything. Change the name. you can, you can rework things. I've been playing quite a lot with AI copywriters recently. Mm -hmm. They are very clever. So you can actually go in and say to it, give me 10 ideas for a title and tagline for a video about this, that is keyword rich and SEO friendly. And in no time at all, it'll go, sure. Dun, 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 dun. And, you know, it comes up with these texts. And generally, they're way better than anything I would have thought of. So I definitely like using the AI at the moment. I think AI can do maybe 80% of a job, and it's mm-hmm. our job um, to do the last 20 to personalise it and, and humanise it. But definitely use the tools that's out there. That's how. Then when you're creating your thumbnail, use a little bit of your title Only a little bit of your title, but make sure there's some text from your title in your thumbnail.
1: Excellent tip. That's great. I we are users of Descript, just like you. That's what my husband (laughs) is fully trained in. Totally recommend it. Totally life changing. Like literally life changing. With that, my husband easily puts out the transcript alongside the video. Are there pros and cons to putting that timestamped transcript into just straight into the YouTube description? I think there's cleverer ways of doing it. So Mm -hmm. I would definitely
0: use the SRT files to do the captions. Mm -hmm. Because if you use auto captions, they are not particularly accurate. And depending on your accent, it does better with an American accent than it does with a UK one. I've interviewed people in Europe, a couple of ladies that were German, and they just didn't have a clue. So go back in and correct your transcripts. Use an SRT file for your closed captions, and then it's accurate. But then what I would do is I would summarize rather than put the transcript out. Mm -hmm. So instead of having it word for word, what I tend to do is when I'm editing, I just literally sit with a pad and write a sentence that summarizes that section. And then i tidy it up, and then that becomes my show notes. Make sure you've got a call to action in there. Make sure it's quite clear what it is that you want somebody to do and make sure the links are in there as well. And if you're happy to use AI, get
1: AI to write your show notes. It's a good tip. So with writing the show notes for AI, you would just basically put in, you could put in the transcript or just the video and say, write show notes for this?
0: Uh, not at the moment, not in the software. Okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite that clever yet because it has word, word count limits. And so at the moment, it's not able to go and watch a video and and then paraphrase it for you. But if you've done that part where you've summarized it, you can then go into the AI and say, you are a copywriter creating show notes for this. Uh, Here is a summary of the video. Create show notes that are keyword rich and SEO friendly in a relaxed and friendly tone and see what it pops out. Personally, I find it a lot easier to work with something already on a page rather than starting with a blank page. Uh I I find starting with a blank page quite a struggle and can be a little bit overwhelming. So that's why I like to be able to do that because it gives me a start and then I continue with it after that.
1: Those, Yeah, that step by step is so helpful. Thank you so much.
0: No problem at all.
1: All right. I'm looking at the questions that I had written down before. And I mean, we really talked about things like, like my knitting hobby and bringing those things into the picture. So, ah, I've got so much that I can walk away with and start implementing immediately. Thank you.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. I've, I have a couple of last questions for you. What will happen to you and your business if you don't do something about
1: this? Oh, goodness. If I don't start putting out video, I'm going to fall behind, fall further behind than I already am in the areas that I'm already behind in. And even those areas that I've taken, I've been in the online space for 18 years. So I know that if I don't take advantage of any leverage that I've got, it's just, it's going to disappear.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. What are you going to take forward? Or what actions are you going to take?
1: Putting out more video. <laughs> yes, putting out more video, but not just for the sake of checking a box of "I put another video out." really thinking about well, like you said, with our methodologies now, and especially bringing video more into our co-working sessions, we're going to have more video than we even maybe know what to do with. And so now I know more what to do with it, which to prioritize, how to prioritize our time and actually make the most of this video that we're creating in the raw form and turning it into something that is ready to ship and ready to get out into the world.
0: If you've got more things on tap like that as well, I think it gives you more freedom Mm -hmm. to go, actually, I'm taking next week off. Yep. And you can pop that content out in advance without thinking, oh my goodness, I have to have something ready. What am I going to put? Which is where I started off. I need to tick a box. I need to have content out there. And so my content was very vanilla. It was Mm -hmm. very bland. And so it's, it's that process then that changes it up and it makes it much more dynamic as well. And it's not a ticker box anymore. When are you going to make a start?
1: Today. Absolutely today. I recorded a video earlier today and I'm about to go make sure that my assistant shipped it. Perfect.
0: Do you have any final questions for me?
1: Oh, I don't think so. You have given me so much to walk away with. I'm really excited to continue learning from you on, on your YouTube, et cetera, and from this podcast, and, and really see what I can do with this information and encouragement that you've given me today. Brilliant. So I hope today's conversation has inspired you to get out there and create videos.
0: If you'd like to come on to the Video Edge, get an application in via the website. And if we think you're a good fit to come onto the show to look at your business and hopefully help grow it, then we'll make the arrangements and invite you to come on. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. This is the show to help you grow your business through video. If you love what we do, we'd love to get our message out to more people. So please like, subscribe, share, whatever it is that you can do to push the show out further. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Video Edge.